Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Night Light. Step away from the mainstream and gather around as we enlighten the world and our realities and travel this cosmic journey we call life. Join us as we share with you and provide that beacon that can guide us all to a better way. Explore with us as we examine a metaphysical montage of spiritual insights covering everything from the mundane to the magical, UFOs to unicorns, and everything in between. This is a time of awakening, of sharing and evolving, of spreading our wings and soaring on the cosmic breath of creation. Come and join with other light-minded spirits as we weave our lights together to seek understanding, enlightenment, and with a little luck, some wisdom. This is Nightlight, a reminder that you are never alone. Nightlight. I'm so glad you could share your time with me. It's such a precious thing that when you do grace us with your presence, it makes us feel very happy. Uh, I have an amazing group of people here today with me, and it's it's very disguise. Uh, it's it's very oh, it's an enlightening experience for sure, and 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 magical actually. I normally when I you know, book people for the show, I send out a, uh, I, I, it's almost like a fact sheet. It's a, it's a sheet that they give me information on and, and a little bio, a little this, a little that, so that, so that I can get publicity out for the show. And in the, the, uh, the sheets that I got back from this group of people, um, it's amazing because not only did the two humans do send a part of their bio but also the archangels that that are the channel that are, are the well they come through as a channel to sheila and i just want to read to you what the archangels wrote the archangels are called theo and they wrote we are 12 art angelic beings speaking in one voice here to be mentors and teachers we are guides into the new future into the time of self-mastery for humanity, for humanity is ready to now accept that within themselves. We're here to enlighten open beings to the possibilities and the miraculous. So um, it gives you a hint as to where we're going. The name of the book that we're going to be talking about that uh, Sheila and Marcus Gillette wrote is Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love, and it's about relationships. Relationships are the most universal thread of the human experience. 
our collective understanding of them rarely calls for us to question what we know to be true, but what if relationships are not exactly bound by the absolutes that we as humans have placed upon them? What if there was a simple way to achieve a permanent state of unconditional love? In this heart-opening book, Marcus and Sheila Gillette, through the wisdom channeled from the I'm going to mispronounce it, Archangelic Guides, known as Theo, reveal the remarkable paradigm shift that illuminates a simpler path to relationship success. As angelic observers of the human condition, Theo's transformational wisdom calls you to step into a new way of being as the world awakens into a new state of collective consciousness. Through an exploration of the self and the soul, this journey of self-discovery highlights the unique position and power you possess in your own relationship destiny. The enlightening and empowering approach to relationships elevates you to the highest state of self-knowing and in doing so uncovers the secret to achieving healthy, joyous, and fulfilling relationships. Relationships is something I believe every one of us has struggled with, worked with, hoped for, and, and prayed for on many different levels. And I think this book was an amazing book in, to illustrate how the relationship with self is the most important love affair you can have, not carried to extremes, of course. So welcome to the show, Marcus and, and Sheila. Hi, it's really you, wonderful to be with you. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, uh, thank I'm, you, I'm so delighted. It's great, it's great to be here with you today. And I want to just I want to add one thing to your introduction. Discover sure. the magic of unconditional uh, Discover the magic of unconditional love is the subtitle, and the uh-huh. book is called the art. It's called the art of relationship. Is the name of the book. And, and then dis- and discover is, the magic of unconditional love is that subtitle. Yeah, that you that you read. Thank you I, for that. The, uh, actually, the aspect of relationship is the, the, the thing that I get most questions of anywhere I go, when, wherever I speak, wherever I work. It's, it's relationship. It has to be important. It, uh, you know, everybody is focusing on it, and, and in many cases focusing on the fact that the first relationship is with the self. And I think that your book, points so beautifully to that aspect, to that fact that that we we come into a relationship with ourselves before before anything else and if that isn't secure, if that isn't comfortable, if that isn't whole, then we attract to us relationships that are in the same place we're in, which in some cases is not a healthy place. Well, you know, often uh, what Theo talks about in the old paradigm of relationships that is based on need, uh, the expectation of another filling our cup, another making us whole, and it's really uh, the woundedness in us attracted to the woundedness in another. And the reason that or savior kind of mentality that we've had in the past, it just doesn't work. I mean, we can't save somebody else and they can't save us. It's an inside-out job. Yeah, and I think that 
that's what you what you've written in the book really brings that that home to roost and you have wonderful uh interviews with people who are are seeking to to enhance their relationship with themselves with the people in their lives uh whether it's a, a person they're in relationship with or a member of the family it's it's an important thing for everybody to look at and study and i know that uh I'm fascinated with with the fact that for 25 years you've been the conduit for a group of of archangels that that have brought great wisdom and and insight into this reality that is I think now becoming ready to accept the wisdom that is being shared. Oh, definitely. And Marcus and I have been working together now for 25 years. But I actually have been doing this work for over 50 years. It started in 1969. My goodness. And and I understand it It happened through um, a near-death experience for you. That's correct. I had pulmonary embolus after the birth of a child, and my lungs were non-functional. I was in intensive care, and I believe we call it a near-death experience. But I believe I had a miraculous healing by Jesus in intensive care. When I asked God for a job, I said, I'll do anything. And uh, I wanted to stay on the planet because I had a brand new baby and I had two small children at home. And I wanted to be their mother and stay. And so I just kept repeating, hey, God, give me a job. I'll do anything. And... (laughs) So had I known at the time, I would have asked for a roster of positions uh, because opening up to being a direct voice trans medium at that time, I didn't even realize what it was. I didn't know that was what was happening to me until it happened, and it was very spontaneous. I had many psychic experiences happening to me after about six months after I got out of the hospital and I was building my energy back Um, and then I could do several forms of, of receiving I could do automatic writing I heard internal messages that is called clear audience as I heard Jesus's voice that day in intensive care and then it it evolved very rapidly into my trancing spontaneously and a direct voice message coming through um, the angelic presence that was there. Was it Theo originally that came through, or or was it another um, archangel? It was another angelic being by the name of Orlos. And when... I'm going to say he, for lack of a better term, came through and spoke to me that my body was being adjusted energetically to for higher teachers to come in. And so Orlos was the spokesman for about two years, maybe not quite. And when Theo came in, they were very strong and very loud, where Orlos was very soft spoken, and um, I'm not going to say kind because they've all been kind, but 
in the sense of had Theo been the first spokesman, the group, because of the the strength, I you know, I don't think I could have handled that kind of energy running through me. I did have to be prepared knowing now what I know. With with dealing with energetics this high, it it is has been my experience that you have to ask the question to get the answer. They don't just spout off wisdoms at you right, left, up, and down. It's almost like you have to ask the question in order to get the wisdom. That's correct. They say in the asking, it is given. And that's because the the information is so vast that they, when we ask, they can meet us in the asking by the ability to receive the information they can give us. And over the years I've been doing this, I've seen that change and get deeper and broader, however we wanted to describe it. And even in just the last few years, most recently passed, it's gotten even more in-depth. Do you feel that maybe society is getting to a point where it is transitioning into a higher level of spiritual understanding. Um, yes. it, it just it, it it feels to me that as though uh, people are are okay with with receiving spiritual information as opposed to you know looking at you and saying oh for gosh sakes get to a church where they'll understand you. Uh, people are are more open to information coming through that is of a higher level of spirituality so that they are they are more open to addressing the fact of their own spirituality and opening to that as well. Absolutely. And Theo has been speaking about this for five decades. And my doing this work for that long, I've seen just waves of awakening happening. And to your point, yes. People are having their own experiences. They're opening more and more to their own intuitive gifts and their own recognition that they're spiritual beings, souls, having a human experience rather than the other way around. I think that's something that's so um, important for people to, to sort of remind themselves of, you know, I am, I am not human, I'm a spirit in an avatar having a human experience. And once you have that recognition, then there's an ability to stretch your consciousness even further. Yes, I believe that's true as well. I think that, that, you know, the relationship aspect comes in here, you know, so powerfully because, first of all, recognizing who we are and what we are and then what our what our pathway is. I, I know that one of the other questions I get a lot is, you know, what is my pathway? What is my purpose for being here? And that's a good question. It's an excellent question. And what Theo tells us is our purpose is life itself. We've chosen to incarnate in the human experience to learn emotions, um, to have all the wonderful intuitive experiences because our Earth suit, our physical body, has all the ability to have this, uh, 
the perceptions or the the ability to experience um, in a physical way what we're talking about in the sense of their greater spiritual alignment. Like I did the automatic writing. I felt that energy through my body. And many of us have prophetic dreams. We have dreams that speak about our personal growth. We have all kinds of psychic ability. Um, We may call it something different. We may call it coincidence or synchronicity or gut feeling or a hunch or whatever might come, but that's our God self speaking to us. And, And more and more people are having those experiences, so they're curious and wanting more information about it. And this is the evolution of consciousness that's happening. Have you, have you found that people are beginning to understand that, that they are like an energetic magnet that draws someone to them that is very much like them, and that if they're not happy with what's being presented, that it's not it's not up to anybody else to fix it, but they have to fix themselves to draw a different kind of person to themselves? Yes, and and Theo has brought forth a process that they call the soul integration process, which teaches Uh us how to change our limiting beliefs. And what I mean by that, those beliefs that we're not worthy, we're not lovable, we're not good enough, and those beliefs are created in, in situations and circumstances. And in, in as we live our life, we adopt them or create them from outside influence about who we are that are simply untrue. We, we hold those beliefs, but beliefs can be changed. The events or the experiences in which there was that created that creation happening, those don't change. That's our history. And challenges our curriculum of our life, but what changes is our perception. We can change the beliefs, and we can recognize the gifts and blessings of those events that have made us the people we are today and even stronger still. Yeah, I have often Barbara, said to Barbara, people... We have a, we have a- I'm just going to add, we have a chapter in our book called We're, Haven't We Met Somewhere Before? It, it talks exactly about what you're asking about right now because it's a great question. And, it's, and it is, you know, I mean, and I know you know what we're talking about. You meet somebody, and, you, and this happens in our community all the time, even, even in breakout groups on Zoom, you know, or, or certainly when we're out live with uh, doing events, but uh, people meet each other. Oh, my God, where have we met? You know, it's like almost like a feeling of, of a homecoming or a reunion, getting back together, even though we've never met each other up until that moment in this lifetime, you know, so that vibrational resonance. And oftentimes it, it, it comes from a previous incar- uh, a connection in a previous incarnation too, which is always kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's, um, but isn't that the purpose of the lifetime, to experience discovering a problem and then finding a way to resolve it and expanding into a greater awareness? Yeah, exactly. So, so that in a way we were set, we set ourselves up to have that experience, so that we could recognize it and then deal with it. Do 
do people always deal with it, or do they sometimes take it into their next life? They do both. People deal with it, or if they have resistance to it or are incapable of dealing with it, then it it, it, it can be taken. You know, we talk in linear times, taking it into another life, because that's mm-hmm. what we know, our clocks and, and calendars. But yeah. if we can hold the thought that there's no time and we are working with the infinite and our multidimensionality, then we're just tapping into those areas of transformation that we want to make in our experience. Yeah, Theo Theo's not a big believer, Barbara, in, in karma. Theo doesn't believe in karma. But Theo talks about karma. We talk about taking things into in, in the next lifetimes and so forth. It's really more about it's it's not about a debt to be repaid. It's it's only uh, Theo describes uh, uh, anything that might be perceived as karma as an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for for learning, for growing. Um, and if if we don't resolve certain um, let's just say issues, emotional issues uh, that stem from untrue beliefs being created. Um, uh, you know, whereby untrue beliefs about the self were created or adopted. If we don't resolve those in this lifetime, it's likely in in the next incarnation or incarnations that those same same issues may remain because to Sheila's point earlier, it is a multidimensional process, right? So it does incorporate untrue beliefs about the self which were created or, or adopted not just in this lifetime but also in previous incarnations well if our spirits are eternal and and i believe they are um they're perfect and if we incarnate into a life where we are exp- exposed to situations that will damage damage the physical and the ego of the avatar we're in, um, is is that an experience the spirit needs to have? Because, of course, in, when the spirit is, excuse the term, in spirit, um, it doesn't have a body, so it doesn't have the physicality. So is there something important about the physical experience that the soul needs, that the spirit needs to have? Yes, the learning on earth in these human bodies is emotions. And Uh how we get to emotions is through the physical, through the sensory perceptions of the body and the brain. Theo said feelings and emotions aren't the same thing, only they're closely aligned. We first feel it feel the feeling, that's a sensory perception. And it travels on our nervous system into our brain, and then our brain disseminates that information and then has an emotes, emotion from that. So they go together, but it's first a, a, a sensation that goes through our body to get to our brain. And then the brain decides, oh, what is this? Is it fear? Do we, are we fearful or are we happy or, you know, whatever the emotion might be. 
Wow. You speak you speak in the book quite often about soul integration. You want to sort of explain what that is? Marcus? Yeah, soul integration, Barbara, is a, is a multidimensional process. We've been kind of talking about it a little bit uh, in response to uh, some of your, your excellent questions here. We, um, the, it, it's a, it's a comp- at the end of the day, it's really about understanding where untrue beliefs about the self originate. And uh, the premise that we work with that Theo teaches us is that, is that any beliefs that we hold about ourselves that are not loving are not true. Because, as you know, our true nature is a vibrational frequency of unconditional love. When we are in uh-huh. spirit, we are in a vibration of unconditional love. And the beauty of this lifetime, which we think is just the greatest gift ever, is that we are awakening and remembering that. And by virtue of raising our vibrational frequency through this process, we're able to actually begin to uh, in the state of becoming the state of being, which is not a feeling or an emotion, but rather a vibrational state of being, we can actually be in human form experiencing ourselves as that vibration of unconditional love. And how we get there is the soul integration process. And ultimately it's about understanding, uh, not reliving, but observing and recognizing a situation or circumstance in which an untrue belief about the self was created or adopted. Now, again, what's interesting about this process is that it is multidimensional and it can also include previous incarnations to your question earlier. And a lot of people say, well, it sounds like inner child work or shadow work. And it is partially that. And other people say, well, it sounds like it's a soul retrieval in the shamanic traditions. And it's some of that as well. It's a personal journey into uh, self-discovery, where once we have an awareness of the circumstance or condition in which the untrue belief was adopted or created, we then can shift it and change it. And in, in, in we have this, this wonderful capacity as human beings to self-correct in the moment. And so with the awareness of the untrue nature of the belief and the source of that belief, the genesis of it, where it was created or adopted, we can then move into life wherever, whenever we feel triggered or reactive, we can have the awareness that, no, that's not truly who I am. It, 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 it's an opportunity whenever we feel not enough, not lovable enough. Not, we call them the not enoughness is, where any time in life where you're fearful or resistant or emotionally uh, knee-jerk, reactive to life, you can always know there's an opportunity in that moment to go inside and to ask who inside is uncomfortable. What what aspect of the self? Theo calls them the the fragmented aspects of the soul that uh, that that have been you know if in, in, in the need of survival in the experience because you know we're you know the whole the whole premise of of uh, uh, of, uh, of this this process. One of the premises of the process is that we do we are always responding to life or reacting to life to survive particularly when we're younger. Uh, and so as we move into our adulthood and we find ourselves fearful or resistant or not feeling enough or what have you, well, of course, that's not, that's not who we are. It's just re- reactions to life that stem from beliefs that are untrue about the self that have been adopted at typically an earlier age or even in a previous incarnation. So we can just change and shift our life going forward. In, in a lot of the um, interviews, uh, Theo 
took people back to a child within. Is that child within basically the ego? No, it's not the ego. Uh, it is actually an, it is actually an aspect of something. It is us. So you, I mean, some people you could you could call it the ego, but it's not specifically the ego. Uh, at least Sheila and I wouldn't, or Theo wouldn't define it that way. We would we would define it as an aspect of self that um, that that had an experience, and in that experience, well, I should say it, it's it's a, it's it's a, it's ourselves having an experience in which an aspect of the self was 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 created or fragmented whereby a an untrue belief about the self was adopted right so it's it's not really the ego as much as it is just simply an aspect of self when we talk about the little one within it's not the adult self that is reactive emotionally to life it's not the adult self that is fearful of moving forward in in our lives it's not the adult self that that is is is, is striving uh, for uh, the, the love that we didn't get from a parent, for instance. It's that little one inside that you were talking about, Barbara, that is, is reactive, that is saying, hey, what about me, you know? And, and it's those little aspects of self, and little ones meaning the ages in which these untrue beliefs were, were first adopted about the self or created through experience uh, that shows up in our adulthood, as the one who feels not enoughness, the one that feels fearful or frightened or betrayed or, you know, abandoned or what have you. And when we have the awareness that the beliefs that were created in those circumstances simply are not true, then we can really begin to work. And what ends up happening is the cool part about this process in the manifestational process, you know, of really creating, being a conscious creator in life uh, is that as we, move through this process and we, we devote a couple of chapters to it in the beginning of the book uh, as, as we move through this process those first thoughts of desire for something that we have ultimately uh, are, are um, undermined uh, at least when we start this process typically are undermined by second or third thoughts that are that were wired into our neural pathways that don't align with or agree with the desired thought that we have if that makes sense and so now what we're doing through this process is we're rewiring the neural pathways so that those first desired thoughts that we have, I want, I desire, I want to become or do or have or create or whatever it might be, we now begin to rewire the neural pathways in a way that support that and say, yes, you can, not no, you can't, which is an old way of believing and, and, and an old, an old uh, patterning that we're now in the process of rewiring. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, using another term, would you be would would it be called um, soul retrieval? Partially, absolutely. Yep. The difference yep. in soul integration, Barbara, is is that it's multidimensional. It's not limited only to the incarnation we're in. But as we know, when when we hold unloving beliefs about ourselves, they usually come from outside us and from how we've grown up. They're generational patternings that have been passed along for centuries and thousands of years, and we're acting them out over and over and over again as humans. And so what's happening in the integrational process is we're breaking the mold. 
we're shifting, changing those patterns so that ourselves and our future generations won't be in the same psychological mode of holding limiting beliefs. If we look at humanity as a whole, at the, a species, what happened? Because long ago, humanity was full of love. I mean, it, it was a matter of everyone took care of everyone else. There was love. I mean, the animals you could you could talk to. I mean, there was an aspect of of a, of, of a unity that was so profound it was magical and that's the only term I can use for it and yet over the millennia humanity as a species has pulled back inside itself has restricted itself has limited itself until we come to today where there is there is mistrust there is all what happened to humanity so that's the beliefs we're talking about and and it with third third dimensional reality, which is the density, and now in the fifth dimensional reality, there's the third is our our physical reality. Fourth has been a spiritual awakening to the points we're talking about. The fifth is experiencing it fully and coming into the awareness that we're more than these physical bodies. Again, as we started our conversation, we are spirit having a human experience we are spiritual beings and and so there is this evolution of consciousness and that's what your question points to is that the consciousness has been not of love and has there has been this through through history for thousands of years, these generational patterns passed along of a belief that we're not worthy, that we're not good, that we we are are evil. You know, all of those words we've heard over time. Sinners, yeah. if you will. And so that's been a belief system that is has gone on for centuries and that's what we're changing to recognize, to your point, that solid state of unconditional love. Yeah, it, it, seems, it seems that more and more you see people understanding it, talking about it, and, and looking for ways to work on it within themselves. And your book, I mean, it, your book makes it sound so simple. I know it's, it, it takes work, but it's, it's really quite profound and I think what what I love about it is it's it's a philosophy that is not creating a religion it's a wisdom as to how to work within yourself instead of looking for another to change you exactly yeah. exactly and, and it's really about making a decision for it Barbara and you're absolutely right on that's it right it's just it, and it's making a decision to Again, once you have the awareness that so much of what we've been taught is not true, think about 
being taught, being being taught, uh, brought into the world with this notion of, of original sin. You are a sinner. You are lesser than. You are awful. I mean, are you kidding me? I was raised that way. I don't know about you, but uh-huh. boy, that's your. Once I got in, you know, into some critical thinking stages of my life, I asked myself, "Is that really true?" No, that's not true. Um, you know, here's what we're raised with too, Barbara. If you if you go to the dictionary right now, today, and you go to Wikipedia, there's two definitions of self love. One is is necessary for personal growth and development and consciousness. Uh-huh. Uh, and second one is vain, conceited, self-centered, and narcissistic. Which one was, yes. were you raised with, right, is what we ask people. And most people were raised with the second belief that self-love is conceited or narcissistic or, or self-centered or whatever it might be. And when you're raised believing that, of course, it's not true. None of that is true. Uh-huh. But when you're raised believing that, it, it can it can stay with you your entire life until you come to an awareness that that's not true and you make a decision, like I said earlier, to change it. And once you make that decision to change it, everything can happen. You know, you can you move into a, a state of empowerment, of confidence, of even courage, and uh, and lack of fear moving forward in your life that um, you know can move mountains for people. And to your point earlier, we believe that we're living in the most magical time in the history of the planet right now. And uh-huh. in our community, we see people so uh, enthusiastic about life and about having the, uh, you know, the, the extraordinary becoming their new ordinary, you know, uh, and, 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 and everything can be extraordinary. Everything spiritual as Leo talks about and the ability to, um, to, to, you know, to manifest instantly, the ability to tap into all of our psychic abilities and power. You know, it's not just for, for, for extremely gifted people like Sheila and yourself, of course, as well, who have these gifts, but we all, we, we all have our own unique gifts now. And when we all uh-huh. can create, we all can create these kinds of, these extraordinary lives. So uh, to Sheila's point earlier, living in the fifth dimension now, we are, uh, We've never lived in a time like this before. We've never lived in this vibration in the history of our planet as we are right now. And we're, as is Theo, wildly optimistic about our future, even though we have, you know, evidence going on in our world right now that might make that a bit of a stretch for people to believe, too, right? Well, I've, I've often told people that our, our physical bodies are like a um, – a luxury car and we've been given this luxury car but not the owner's manual so that um yeah i i got a new car a couple years ago and i'm still trying to figure out what half the buttons are so um and i i do believe that the the gifts that we have inside are some of those talents and gifts that were installed at the factory so to speak and we just have to study ourselves enough, get to know ourselves enough to understand how to use these gifts. And it's, it's like telepathy and automatic writing and, oh, heck, teleportation. And, you know, all of those wonderful gifts that come with that energetic field that you can, you can access if you, if you get to a place where your energy is in the same frequency range 
um, to draw upon them. And your book gives gives very good advice as to how to get to develop and accept and embrace that those energies. Well, that was yeah. the intention for that sure. That was our intention. That's right. We're we're very we're grateful to hear you say that, Barbara, because that was our intention as we set out to write the book with Theo. I mean, it's what I love is you're not saying I can make it happen for you. You're saying I can help you make it for yourself. Correct. Yeah. And and that that to me is major because so many people feel so insecure they feel someone has to do it for them and if somebody does something for them then most most of the time when you when you give somebody the best advice possible it only comes from your perspective and not theirs and it may not apply to their perspective so your your you know know, your material helps people get it in their own way in their own time in their own energetic field um Got a question about Theo now. Theo is disincarnate; has never incarnated on the planet. How does Theo become so wise as to the human condition? <laughs> they told good... us that they're keen observers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We asked, we actually asked that question, Barbara. We I, in the very beginning of the book, I asked Theo. In fact, I, maybe in the beginning of the, of the first uh, second chapter of the book, actually. Uh, I asked Theo, and they said, like Sheila said, they said, we are very good observers of the human condition. So they're observing us. You know, they're not, <laughs> you know, they're not reacting emotionally. We have a lot of people in our community who will say, I want to. So, so Theo says, if you could see yourselves as we see you, there would be no discontent, only joy and love. Well, uh-huh. all right, so if we, if we could see ourselves as they see us, as Theo sees us, how do we get to that point? How do we how oh. how can we know how can we know ourselves and 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 see ourselves like they do? And and that's really what a lot of this is all about is uh, is is developing uh, uh, raising our vibrational frequency is really what we're doing. And as as we continue to raise it, we continue to become more and more of that vibration of unconditional love. And and that's yeah. the answer to the question. The answer to the question is, do the soul integrative process. Get, get, get really clear, and, then, and, and that's then the outcome. A long time ago, I worked with a group, and I would see it almost as a boardroom. And there, there would be times when I would be working with them and say, I understand where you want me to go. I'll do it. I'll take it from here. And, you know, I would hear discontent. And you know, I say, truly, I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm, and then I'd hear a door slam, and it was kind of like, where did they go? And and at one point, I got a message that they're going to play golf. They'll come back when you screw up, and um, <laughs> and I did. Well, we like playing <laughs> golf anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I it was it was kind of like she's not going to listen to us at this point. Let's just you know go out and do our thing and. When she screws up and she's ready to listen, yeah, we'll come back. But, uh, <laughs> that that is hysterical. <laughs> and and yeah, and sometimes I just hear the door slam and I think, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> what I do now, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. Was was there a better way to go at this? <laughs> come back, come back. <laughs> I'll make so, it rain on you. Come back, come back. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But that, that, that was my other question. Um, I I personally believe, and 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 it, it may it may not be a spiritual wisdom or whatever, but I personally believe that. All of this is very serious work, and it's very important we be serious about it. However, there's also a need for a sense of humor. And absolutely, yes. You know, with with without the laughter and joy, laughter raises the vibration so rapidly; it's unbelievable. Yeah, it, and, it does. It puts you right right in the present moment. That's where laughter. Oh yeah. Drives. Right in the present. Moment. Oh yeah. Yeah, and, you know it's funny you brought this up. The, the, I, I'll tell you what what Theo's been talking a lot about lately, as a matter of fact, and and uh, we we talk about it um, quite a bit with them actually in our in our mentoring programs is the need to not take ourselves so seriously. So I, I've asked Theo many times, you know, what is it you find funniest about us, and their answer is always how serious you take yourselves, and mm-hmm. you continue to do the same things over and over again and expect a different outcome, but. Uh, but they are encouraging us to put on those 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 glasses that we used to see through as a child, and mm-hmm. and to look at life with awe and wonder and humor and 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 really find the funny in ourselves because we tend to emotionally certainly tend to take ourselves very seriously, and they're saying, man, if you could just see yourselves as funny and how you re- react or respond to life, well, how you react to life typically is when we're when we're in that lower vibrational state, if you can just see yourself and you can see how funny you are, you can change the behavior, but you can also keep a really high vibration of humor involved uh, in your observation of your own behaviors. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, without, I don't know where I'd be if I didn't have a sense of humor. Um, I, I'd probably be boring myself to death. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. what you, you, you have, I have to. Um, have that element of laughter in my life. And I think the other thing, too, the question I get so often from people is, am I on the right path? And yeah. I, I often, my, my answer is, are you living your bliss? Are you happy? Because if you're happy, you're on the right path. And and it's it's sort of like if things are flowing to you, if things are cranking right along, if you're not you know, faced with um, roadblock after roadblock after roadblock, you know, at this moment in time, this itty-bitty moment in time, you're golden. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be challenged by the universe, you know, next week or whatever, but but it's, it's, it's living your bliss. And if you're struggling, then you have to look inside and find out what's, what's going on inside of you that is not happy and that is, that is creating those blockages, and that's where you come to the the inner child and the inner um, aspect of your spirit that is that is stuck someplace, and you need to remind it that it's loved and to bring it into the future with you. Yeah. 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 It, it, yeah. And, and don't you think too, Sheila, that you know, I'm thinking about uh, Theo's comment about purpose and passion. So when we talk about purpose, Barbara, Theo likes to uh, likes to share that our purpose is to is to incarnate, to be in a physical body, 
you know, our purpose is to learn emotions while we're here. And there's no judgment of whether we're learning those emotions the hard way or the easy way, right? And they're just emotions. Yeah. And, and there's no judgment. And so when, when people say, well, am I on purpose? Well, yeah, you're on purpose. You, you, right up, I mean, every single thought you've had, every single belief you have, uh, every single action you've taken, every single limiting belief you hold about yourself, every single bit of, of, of how much you feel like you deserve or don't deserve things or are receptive or not receptive, it's all, and this is the beauty of the law of attraction, how it works so perfectly all the time, it's all worked perfectly up until this moment in, in your life. It's been purposeful. Whether it's been a struggle for you, a challenge, whether it's been bliss, it, it, you, you've lived your purpose up until this moment. Now, if you're not happy, if you're not feeling bliss, then you have, you have the ability now to make a decision to change in this moment right now. But everything's been purposeful up until now. You know, and people come into our community all the time saying, well, I'm thinking all the good thoughts, but the law of attraction is not working for me. And Theo will say it's working perfectly for you. You have precisely in your life right now uh, everything that you have attracted, that you deserve you, that you, that, and, and believe that you deserve, and that's a huge piece, and that you've allowed for the receptivity to, 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 uh, to be what it is. And now if that's not blissful for you, now you can make a decision to change it. And that's the soul integration mm-hmm. process. Wow. It's very exciting. Uh, it is. So many people will say, well, I'm broken, and I guess next life I'll be better. And the reality is we'll fix it now. Um, yeah. don't, you know, don't, don't put it off. Uh, <laughs> but you, know, you want to take it with you, go ahead. But you'll eventually have to deal with it. And, and it's... Uh, I've I've had people come and say, you know, I, I as a very young child, I was traumatized. I've never been able to get over it, and it, it's a matter of work with it, forgive it, and and get to love it, and get to love yourself, and bring yourself forward, pull yourself, and make yourself complete again. Unless you're complete, you can't expect another person who's complete to come into your life. It just doesn't work. That's very true. That's very true. And, you know, years ago, Barbara, I learned this lesson. You know, I've been a student of CEOs all these years, you know, for five decades. Uh And several years ago, I was going through a real rough patch. And um, I I said to Theo, well, why do I have to go through this? You know, that whiny (laughs) kind of thing. And, And they said to me, that I was to learn compassion, but it was also a learning process to change my beliefs that what we were talking about. So I made a decision that moment, and nothing happens without a decision. You know, we can think all the good thoughts, we can say all the affirmation, but nothing happens without making a decision for it. So that day I made a decision, okay, if this is here to teach me something, I'm going to squeeze every single drop of what it's going to teach me out of it right now so I don't have to go through this again. And you know what happened? Things got easier, not harder. You know, when you, you make that decision, oh, my gosh, what have I asked for? But it got easier because I had no resistance. 
some people might call that surrender. You know, I surrendered into whatever it was. Yeah, it's that too. I mean, I wasn't pushing back on it. I said, okay, let's go. Let's let's ride this fucking horse till we tame it or whatever, you know. But it, it really works when we make a decision. The energy, as, as you know, the energy shifts and goes in our direction. Well, I think, too, um, when, we're, when we're at those places, the one thing I tell everybody is that, you know, when you've had a disaster of any kind, that there's always a lesson there. And it's not, well, I'm not going to do that again because it hurt. It's that there's, there's, there's something in that lesson, that pain, that whatever it is, and it's a positive aspect. And as soon as you find that positive part of the lesson, then it dissipates. But it has to be a positive, in my opinion, it has to be a positive aspect. It has to be something that, that yes, the pain brought my attention to something, but but what it brought my attention to was something that was a positive nature that I could use in my life from now on. And sometimes those struggles take a long time to find a positive two situations. But when you do, when when there is a lesson there, and you know, every now and then something will happen to me, and I'll I'll sit, I'll I'll, I'll go dead stop and say, all right, there is a lesson here that I need to know, and maybe it's that I I you know, for instance, I was bullied on a show I did, and the lesson for me, I didn't react the appropriate way. You know, I, I tried to defend myself and back up, and that wasn't right. And what I should have said was, you know, I don't deserve that. And, you know, if you're if you're going to act that way, then I don't need to be here. And, you know, it was I, I worked hard on this one because it, it didn't feel good. And, you know, I didn't deserve it. But instead of, you know, fighting, I kept quiet and I should have said something. So I think all of these lessons that we get thrown our way, that they have a positive in them. And the only reason they hurt is because they're getting our attention because it's really important that we pay attention. Yeah, and unfortunately, the universe tapping you on the shoulder saying, pay attention here. Yeah. 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 One of one of uh, one of Theo's definitions of self love, uh, Barbara. To your point, is uh, these establishing and maintaining healthy boundaries. And uh-huh. you know, it, 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 we we so often want. You know, what, here here's an interesting statement that Theo made one time about the topic of obligation. Right. So they, you know, we we do we do a lot of things to please others. Uh, we say yes when we mean no. Right, uh, as an example, and what Theo talks about is when you say yes to something, are you doing it out of love, full-hearted, or are you doing it to be loved? And that's a huge distinction, right? Now, in your case, being mistreated like that, uh, yeah, we we're very uh, very much in alignment with you. That you know, the first question that we would encourage anyone to ask, or first statement would be, excuse me. Have I done something to offend you? Because I'm not believing right now that I deserve to be treated the way you're treating me right now. And that yeah. will, that pattern interrupt will just completely shift the energy when people because sometimes people don't even realize that what they're doing. You know, you have to always look at the intention behind it. And some people are just 
have a difficult time communicating with other people sometimes too, <laughs> or are or, or are projecting through their own lenses their own wounded selves and their worldview on others, and that's yeah. oftentimes what oftentimes that's what's going on too. Oh yeah, and and it just was like. You know, part of me was saying, "Wait a minute, I'm a I'm a nice spiritual person here. You know, <laughs> I'm in the wrong room for sure." <laughs> and but but it was uh, it was it was an interesting experience. I'm really glad it happened because it did teach me something very positive about myself. So um, I definitely am grateful for the experience, and and I'm not evolved enough to write a thank you note. So. Um, <laughs> That's I have moments great. like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I did learn something. Good. I just noticed our time. Um, I do want you to give out what information you need on what workshops you're doing and stuff like that, so that people can find you. Um, if sure. Went by fast. We'd be happy. We'd be happy to do that. That's one of my favorite things to invite people into our community. You know, we have a gift for your viewers and your listeners. Excuse me. Um, uh, at AskTheo.com, that's what's AskTheo.com, uh, mm-hmm. slash, forward, forward slash, love. And on that page is a, is a, uh, a guided experience on, on the topic of relationships for all of your community, Barbara. And then there's also a link if they want to to purchase The Art of Relationship, Discover the Magic of Unconditional Love. That's the book that you've been referencing. So, uh, yeah, and we've got a lot of fun things coming up. We have a lot of um, complimentary experiences that we share with people and, and audios and videos that when you come into our community, we'll shower you with love and, and, and uh, invite you to become engaged with Theo's teachings. And one of the things that's so cool about Theo that Sheila was, uh, was referencing earlier is that the depth and the breadth of their information really is, is, is limited only by our curiosities, imaginations, and really our intellects. I mean, what do you want to know? You know, that's kind of the the uh, uh, the cool thing about Theo's teachings, they'll just like Sheila said, it's very, it's always question activated, and they're here to provide us with with a depth of wisdom that uh, is, uh, is it's pretty remarkable. So we'd love to invite people into our community. AskTheo.com is our website, and AskTheo.com forward slash love is uh, is where we'll be uh, providing you your first complimentary uh, uh, guided experience with Theo as well. We'd love to invite everybody to come join us. Fantastic. Um, and you have a lot of uh, YouTubes out there and a lot of interviews that are already online, which, which are fascinating and would be, you know, a terrific intro for a lot of people to, you know, so I encourage everybody to, to check out a lot of the shows that are already out there that have been interviews with these guys and um, take, take a good look at this material because it is definitely um, a healthier way to heal yourself and to genuinely heal yourself and enrich your life and uh, and your love life, among other things, too. And, and don't forget that, you know, relationships are more than a love relationship with a partner. They're relationships of all kinds, with all kinds of aspects of, of, of life. So it, it is, it's, it's a multitude of um, modalities that you'll be touching into and enhancing if you start to work with this philosophy. Indeed, indeed. Well, Barbara, so, thank it's, been you. A, it's been such a delight having this conversation with you. Oh. And 
it's been really fun, and I thank you for this opportunity and the invitation. Yeah, thank oh, you, Barbara. So, We've enjoyed it very much. I am so grateful to the two of you and to Theo, which I'm sure had input in some way. And mm-hmm. and um, you know I you know I'm going to look at a couple of the other books and see if I can't get you back on, maybe for a little longer next time. Um, okay. But if not, if if not for another hour for sure. We would love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much again, and. Thank everybody for listening. Please check out the material and check out com forward slash love. You'll love the material. And, you know, it, it, it will resonate to you almost immediately. So thanks again for listening. And I will, we will be back tomorrow night uh, with Mark Eddy. So have a great evening, everybody.